Okay, good morning, everybody. It's a big honor for me to be on this Zoom and to actually be able to share such an early morning. So what I wanted to share was first something personal and then something that Safta did, Alea HaShalom, with my daughter. So when we were little and we would go to Saba and Safta for Yantifs, we spent a lot of time in their apartment in New York. And a very, very strong memory of mine is waking up in the morning and the first thing Safta asks me is, did you do Nagelwasser? And of course I would say no. And she would take me by the arm all the way to the kitchen. And she herself would fill up the cup and do Nagelwasser on my hands. And then the moment I was dreading, she would take water and splash my face as well. <laughs> and she would say, And then she would say, and she would always make sure that we were saying what we were supposed to say and that we were doing what we were supposed to be doing. That is a very young memory of mine. And an additional one that I wanted to share is that some of you may have read what I wrote, what I shared in the book regarding the Chumash party. The last years that Safta was living here in Chicago, I had the honor of being able to take my girls straight from their Chumash parties or the day they got their Chumash or Siddur and go to Safta and get bracha from her directly and have them show her proudly their Chumash with their, or their Siddur with their names on it. And she would make such a beautiful ordeal out of it. She would give them a bracha. And one time, Hinda Miriam, who is now already um, almost 11, she came and she showed her her chumash and with her beautiful name on it. And Safta actually gave her a most beautiful necklace that she had gotten, I think, correct me, Ima, from her grandmother, a stone. And I just felt that it was such a beautiful way to ingrain in Hinda this appreciation and this day that she'll never forget, especially because now she has something physical, this beautiful piece of jewelry that whenever she sees it, she'll remember. And it was just this beautiful way that Safta wanted to show her how special and how important it was this day that she was receiving her, her very own homage. And so those are just two memories that I want to share with you. And I know that Batya wanted to share as well about Saba Willi as my father is sitting Shiva right now. So thank you. Um, I, so I'm, I'm sure you all know at this point that my um, grandfather passed away last week and I'm going to try to get through this without doing what Dr. Rochelle calls ugly crying. Saba was just the most amazing person. Um, and I actually asked my father, are you sure you don't want us to suspend or cancel this year this week? Because my father's sitting Shiva and he said, no, of course not. Like the learning never stops. That's what he said. And it was very important to him that we still do this. So I just want everybody to know that. Um, you know, most people know Saba's incredible backstory, like really Yad Hashem over and over and over again, just saving his life. And it gave this feeling of like, he had to be here to everything that he did, like this incredible presence and regal quality to it. He, you couldn't look at him without knowing that there was this miraculous force 
protecting him and guiding his light, um, even though it was so tinged with tragedy. And, you know, during his bed, a lot of people talked about how he he really kept that part to himself. He was such an optimistic person, always looking forward. For his 90th birthday, um, I rewrote this song. He, when he was, um, I think it was, you know, in, in the 70s, you know, 30 years, 40 years after he had last seen his parents, he woke up from a dream in the middle of the night and he had this memory of this Zemer that they used to sing at their Shabbos table every week, Yismach Moshe. And he started to sing it every week with my grandmother, Sabta Esther. And for his 90th, I rewrote it as Yismach Shlomo b'matanat chelko, because that was his Hebrew name. And it was just like, it, it so fit him because he was always so optimistic that Yismach Shlomo, he was so Samech Bechalko, he was so happy with his lot. And so the original Yismach Moshe, it has the lines from that paragraph in the davening. And then in each line is interspersed a German question, the answer to which is the next Hebrew sentence. And one of them is, Un was hat er in die Hand getrugen? What was he carrying in his hands? And the answer, of course, is the Shnei Luchos. And in my rewriting, I wrote it as his four children who were really his treasure. I mean, his Otsar, he really, his relationship with his kids was incredible. He was so close to them. The, the I know my father would call him daily to ask his advice for different things. There was so much respect that went back and forth between them. And of course, his beautiful marriage with Safda, they would sit on the couch and hold hands. And that is the memory that so many of his grandchildren have. And if you look at his grandchildren, we're also happily married. Like there's just something that carried over into that, um, like a real legacy of companionship and love between us and our partners. Every time I left, I would ugly cry in the elevator and Dr. Rochelle would get so upset. And she was right because... Every time I came back, he was there. And I, I, I that was, there, I, I really learned a lesson there, like that there was something in, I think we all had that. It was very hard to leave because we didn't know if they would be there when we came back. But it really, I was there with Aliza three months ago for Saba's birthday for his 102nd. You know, I, I think that we really owed Dr. Rochelle more than like the belief in what she was doing because she was really keeping him alive in this way that was just, I mean, I've never seen anything like it and I will never forget it. And to the end, you could still get a smile out of him, a little jig out of him. You know, he was still really there. I'll just share two very brief memories. One is, I think it was in 2000, end of 2019, right before his his 99th birthday, I was in Israel for some work event and Dorochelle and Naftali and I went to the zoo with Saba and we had just the most amazing time. Saba was telling us still everything that each animal, like he knew so much about stuff like that. I don't know how. There was a gorilla named Mutti, and he couldn't stop laughing about that because that's his son-in-law's name. And it was just a perfect afternoon. You know, we got this little card. I have these photos of him and Naftali just cracking up, monkeys almost falling on Saba's shoulders. It was just the most incredible day. I will never, ever forget it. And the other memory I wanted to share with you was through my work, I had met the Austrian ambassador to the U.S. And he was in Israel at the same time that I was. And I asked him if he wanted to meet my grandfather. And I brought him to Trumpeldor Street to sit with my grandfather. And it was the most amazing thing because it was, Saba was very thrilled. Like it was, I think he, he felt like it was, a you know, he was, it was really exciting thing for him but you know halfway through that thing it really the 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 feeling sh 
shifted and you could tell that the ambassador was the one who was like, I can't believe I'm getting to do this, like to sit with this person who, you know, was part of this country and what everything that we did to him. And it was just, you could see that shift. I don't know, Dr. Shell, if you agree with me, but it was such a strong, you could see Saba impressing himself on that ambassador. And I, I think, you know, the thing that I was left with was that like, like Saba was the ambassador to Netzach Yisrael Lo Yishaker. Like, like that was the thing that this man couldn't get over, like after everything Saba had been through. So anyway, I just wanted to share that all with you. I, um, you know, this learning should be learning trust my grandmother and my grandfather. And hopefully he's with his family now that he didn't get to see for so long. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry about that. Rabbi Perkel, you've been so... <laughs> patient. Um, we're so excited to learn from you. So take it away. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll correct the preposition to uh, from learning from to learning with. But uh, thank you very much. And of course, thank you for asking me to participate this morning. I do need to begin by expressing my condolences for your loss. And also, obviously, for now, it's, it's a double loss. And, you know, it's doubly impressive that you're all here today because you're gathering as a response to your losses and by gathering together to learn on a consistent basis. I mean, it's just very, very impressive to me. And it's also very fitting because this is what I gather that Rebitz and Gettinger would want you to do. So I would also be remiss without mentioning the fact that I feel very connected to this group. Obviously, this was a very heartfelt first couple of minutes but I, I also feel connected by the choice to learn Hanak Dover. So while I'm not really a Korov with the halachic definitions of the words, I feel a lot of closeness and a kindred interest and spirit to this, uh, this special group. And um, due to my, uh, my research, I understand that Rebbitz and Gettinger had learned in itself many, many more times than me. So I pray that my portrayal of the couple comments we'll learn today will do it justice. And it should serve as an alias neshama for her, uh, as well as for Julian's father. I want to really do two Hamik Dovers today. And I, I couldn't help myself with, <laughs> with these. Um, the first one is the Kaftor Vaferach. The Kaftor of Aferach has these knobs and flowers on the menorah. And we have a description of the Kaftor of Aferach showing the ornate design of the menorah. But that phrase is used by Chazal, specifically Rabbi Tarfon, to describe a beautiful Chiddush in Torah. So I'm going to start with the Netziv here, where he describes this. He says, look. Tevazu haksuba bishinui. It's it's written a little different a couple of different times, but he says he brings a medrash. He ne ra'inu be medrash rabba parshas mikates. The Rebbe Tarfun b'shashai echad omir lefun of davar hagun b'toru. He said that in an instance where Rebbe Tarfun would hear something, give, say say a very good idea in learning haya omir kaftor aferach, he would describe that comment with the same description of the ornate nature of the menorah with the kaftor v'ferech, these beautiful flowers and knobs. We learn here, Shehavin, he understood something. With these ornate pieces of the menorah, it says that I see the Chidushe Torah in the imagery of the menorah, which is supposed to be an image of Torah to begin with. 
right? Kinir mitzvah or we see the, the or here. So with all of that, there's a little bit of just a delight that a person gets when something is not, not only a beautiful idea, but it appeals to the seichel. The mishum hachi, Amar lami shechidesh tov. He says, when somebody says a beautiful chiddush, shehu kaftor vaferach. So this is kaftor vaferach shalamanero. Ukvar nizba'er. And we've already explained this b'reish parshas tetzava. This is a very famous shita of the netziv. And really, this is Rabbi Cooperman footnotes to an abarbanello It's not, he's not the first one to say it. But it's this idea that the menorah not only includes the Chachmas HaTorah, but it also includes all the Chachmos. Shamanura Bichlau Romeses Lahair a Chachmos HaTorah, but Pupulushal Torah, Vachir Vayin. So the menorah itself is supposed to be representative of the Torah, and the specifically with the, the back and forth and the critical analysis that's accompanied with learning. But he, he won't stop there. He says that the branches specifically, though, along with the middle branch, the middle candle. So all of these come together. As a matter of fact, all of these are what's understood historically, the seven wisdoms, meaning all of the Areas of Chochmah that exist in the world are there. We need them in our learning, at least for the purposes of understanding the Torah. Specifically, you know, one of the easiest examples, of course, is mathematics. The Vilna Gon writes the Isle Meshulash. We need to understand mathematics to understand the diameter of a circle, and pi shows up even in Shas Mishnayos. We have all of these wonderful examples where we need math, and to the extent that we don't understand math, we're not going to understand what we're learning. So goes for all of the Chachmos that exist in the world. The better we understand them, the more it will inform our learning. So the Gvi'im are things, these are Morim Ahashkod, these are used for pouring, pouring a liquid. So the Torah is going to, okay, it's 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 going to get from these Chachmos, so the Torah will inform those Chachmos as well. And it, it, it goes in both directions. So it goes in both directions. And through our learning, we'll be able to appreciate Dvar Hashem. And that in and of itself is quite remarkable. Quite remarkable. And he goes on. They have these Mishukadim. They have uh, <laughs> think of like Amaz, Ezo Chachma. But what, what are we going to say? This is going to be like Shkida. With one, to one polar, as it were. Whatever it is. It comes from the Koach of Torah. It all comes with Shkida, which is diligence. Diligence. And this is the image of the the staff that was shown to Yirmiyahu, the Makal Shakeh, 
lame work. He showcased on me Aldebarai. He says that I am insistent and diligent on my words. Uvo shlosha gviim. We have these three cups. Hashkos homo ilos liadias haTorah v'diktukeya. These are going to help us to understand the Torah and all of the specifics that accompany it. Gam hanogei lemaisa mitzvos. Also for obviously for the mitzvah observers of the gam lekishron derech eretz v'alichos olam. It doesn't stop there. There are other areas where we're going to need to understand just how to interact. Chachmas ha'adam ba'amala Torah ta'ir darko al aretz. It's going to explain the way that we're supposed to act like a human. Ba'har kolze yesh l'das. After all of this, you need to know ki yesh elu tolos shabal yadeshkida ba'chachmi yucheres l'shem Torah. And there's a value. Um, you need to know there's a value to learning certain chachmos for the purposes of Torah. Davka la'osa chachma. He says, but this is for one of those chachma, like math, so you can learn Erevin and Mikvos and Sukkah and Kilayim and whatnot. But but don't go too far. Specifically for these, uh, he says. They're ones you get for the purpose of understanding Korah that are not specific. And uh, for one particular chachma. Okay, so that's what I want to share from this particular Hamikdavar. Uh, He's saying, look, for us to be able to derive the greatest benefit from our learning, which is obviously a uh, very focused, laser-focused goal for Klal Yisrael, we need to be able to pull from the uh, the seven wisdoms of the world to be able to make sure that works well. And not only that, but it will inform our understanding of the world as well. So that's the that's the first of the two that I'd like to take a moment to share. And I don't think I need to say more to this particular group. All of you that I know, and I can say that I suspect the rest of you as well are all thinking people. And I can imagine also that this had trickled down from somewhere that your dedication to Torah learning would absolutely need to be well-rounded, just like yeah. the comments of, these, um, uh, uh, of this particular Emekdover. So the next comment that I'd like to share is about the Maros Tsovos. So this is talking about the kior being made from the mirrors of the women who had generously donated these for the purposes of the Mishkan. And within the Rishonim, we know, uh, you know, the discussions of whether or not this was something that was either trying to be Makadish the Chol or, or alternatively an act of Prishus. But here, we could probably find another way, says the Nitzv, to appreciate the depths of... Uh, he, he defers to Rashi and Ramban, but he says that there's a little bit more that we could appreciate, perhaps, with respect to... The comment of Hatsovos, Hatsovos are uh, gathering. So, what's the gathering? The near Alpima Amramba Brachos. He says he wants to explain based on the Chazal and Brachos Yud Zayin Amar Aleph. He says, Hani Nashi B'May Kazachian. Where was the big Zachos for this group of women? Bisnuye Guvrai Hu Mishrasha. They they sent their husbands out to go learn. They sent them to the base Medrash. Uve Parshas Balak. It says, There's a lot more there. He says, 
Yoser Zuchus Hanashim Lahavi Tambidim Lilimudam Ayadeshen Maspikos Osam. Is that there's a special Zuchus specifically for, for the women, the mothers, who are sending out the children, the Tambidim, the husbands also, to go learn. And they take care of their needs. In Kemach, in Torah, we're going to give you something to eat. We're going to take care of everything so you can go and you can do your job. You know, <laughs> I'll do mine, you do yours. So from Miriam came the bear, which is a mikvah. And here is a what I believe is a reference to the latter which is uh, obviously made famous in the uh, in the writings of the Ramchal and the Silas Yesharim, says Shemikva Tara Kedusha. Says the Tara will bring uh, from from purity. We get sanctity. The women are bringing others to the sanctity of Torah va'avoda. This is an amazing read of this Chazal, the Gemara in Moed Katan on Kafches that says Lama Misas why do we have smichas parshios, adjacent parshios between the death story of the death of Miriam and the story of the paraduma? Lomar, ma par mechaperes, just like the paraduma provides an atonement. Kach misas Miriam mechaperes. So Miriam's death brought a kapara, par in ba kedusha. As we know, the paraduma doesn't. It's not you know the kedusha of a korban, right? Because the the shlita of the paraduma is outside. Ella Tara Kedusha. It creates the Tara which will allow for Kedusha Kach Miriam. We see also with Miriam Hatzadekas, Haisa Tzidkosa Lahavi Achirim Latalmatara. When we want to really get down to the greatest substance of what Miriam Zuchus was, that was the enabling and the encouraging of others to learn. Relimda es Acheros Lidekach. She would actually teach him as well. Va'ayin Sefer Vayikra, she says more there, and that's why they use the Kior and the Kano to bring to Kedusha Savoda. So now we can appreciate that there's a little bit more here to build upon. We can say there's an additional part, the Kior Vachano, the laver in its base. Now we appreciate what's the purpose of this laver? Brings us to the sanctity of the Torah itself. Shari Moshe Rabbeinu, Shaya Nichnas Ba'Omoid. He would go into the Ba'Omoid. This this tent of meeting, Lo Lavash He wasn't wearing the clothes of the Kohen. Kiadua Betanya. Okay, it says that. Umikomakom Haya Mechuyev Bechrichitze. He still needed to wash his hands. Barachasu Moshe Ve'Aron Meno. Moshe would also wash his hands from the Kiyor. Moshe Chasafti Le'El. Somebody who's going to this tenth of meeting, I feel a bleat sorach avoda without the um, the avoda of the kohen town kiddush yadayim v'raglayim. We still need to wash his hands and feet. Moshe Rabbeinu kesha nechmas la'olamoid when todir he would go all the time. Rach l'talmator we go to learn shaya or hamenorah moil sham. There's the menorah we were just talking about, right? So he was going to go learn, and before he learned, he would wash his hands. When these women gave their mirrors for the purposes of making the kior, we can see the connection. These particular women, just like the enabling of learning in 
a general sense, which happens with particularly special women. Here, these women got to give their mirrors specifically for Moshe Rabbeinu to go learn to in the Olamoid. Now we appreciate a little bit more what I call them the Moros Hatsovos. Hanashim Halalu Shikinu Atzmandum and these women, they were called Likare Bashem Hatsovos. They were called Sovos. Sovos, they're gathered people to, you know, to, together. They cause people to gather. Who did they gather? The people who would be gathering here at the opening of the tenth of the meeting. These were the Talmidim. They wanted to hear from, they wanted to hear from Moshe Rabbeinu. So it's, there were different places to gather, but this is, this is, they, they would have the opportunity to learn. These women allowed for the, these Talmudim to gather by taking care of their needs. These women who got to give their mirrors, they were called the Nashimatsovos. So we've now completed the second of the two nitzivs that I set out as my objective to get to learn today. But I think that just from the brief, you know, the brief descriptions that I heard, you know, of Rebbe Zengedinger, it sounds like these two, she probably reviewed many times because it sounds like she was very, very committed to making sure that you were all enabled to, 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 to get to learn and to live to her lifestyles. And I'm sure that she was very connected to making sure that you guys all excelled in the appreciation of the Chachma Satsara. So that's that's all I have for today. Again, thank you all, and uh, it should serve an, as an alias neshama for both of the term. Thank you so much, Rabbi. We really appreciate it. A pleasure.